Welcome to the Muckle Teal Football Show. My name is Miles. Christmas week 16 is in the books. And I did want to get in here and do a, a Christmas night episode. We almost pulled it off. We had a Herculean day. With our four and a half month old Waylon got out to my wife's parents in the morning, my family in the evening, had a middle time in there making clam chowder, all this with a newborn baby. We got home and I was like, okay, I could still do the podcast. We have, we have successfully, though stressfully, <laughs> achieved Christmas. But once we got home, Waylon wanted a little bit more Christmas. He wanted Christmas Day to just keep going. He was up from like 9.30 to 11, and I was sitting here typing the podcast. I was like, you know what? He's happy as a clam right now at like midnight. <laughs> I'm going to call an audible come in the morning. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk Christmas Eve and Christmas games Thursday. Two days from now, we'll have Kirk in to really dive into a lot of important Week 17 games coming up here. Um, but let's let's look back. Let's look at Christmas night. Let's start at the end. The game of the year, uh, you know, hype-wise, Baltimore Ravens versus the San Francisco 49ers, both 11-3, and three, both favorites for the one seed in their conferences. And it is the Baltimore Ravens who take the game 33-19. to 19. I thought the 49ers are going to win this game. I, I kind of held that onto that through halftime, you know, because Lamar Jackson off to a shaky start, missed a few easy throws with plenty of time. Uh, he had that safety, you know, where the Ravens were on the 22, they're, you know, they're on their own 22 yard line and he just kept going back and back and back. You've got Fred Warner and Nick Bosa pursuing him furiously into the end zone which is frustrating, certainly for the Ravens offensive line and presumably Ravens fans. Lamar Jackson had plenty of time. You know, the rush was only pressing down on them because he kept going back and back and holding onto the ball. And he tries to spin out, which I think he was going to spin out of Warner and Bosa. Just awesome to have like all pros just in the middle of this crazy play. Um, he was going to get away from them and, and hopefully throw away the ball. Um, but he trips over that ref. And I, I felt bad for the ref. There, there was so much in that referee's face as he tried to get back again, 22 yards behind the line of scrimmage, trying to backpedal at the speed of, of Fred Warner, Nick Bosa and Lamar Jackson. He fell. Okay. <laughs> and we're watching that ref fall in slow motion. There was just so much in his face. Like he just, he knew he was falling. You could see him like, oh no, the way I'm falling, I'm going to like be a part of this play. And there was also like in his face, like, what are we doing back here, man? You know, and, and even a touch of sorrow in this referee's face. Like, this is what I'm going to be remembered for on Christmas. You know, even a touch of meaninglessness. You know, what is this all for? And, you know, we were watching the whole family's watching Uncle Daryl pointed out if he hadn't fallen, fallen, he might have taken like a full Warner or Lamar Jackson hit uh, uh, there, which could have been really painful. Um, but 
we, you know, everyone wanted to move on, but I wanted to continually watch that referee's face in slow motion over and over and over again and ponder the meaning of life, eating my ham, eating my clam chowder. No, I'm just kidding. Um, the game was like five to three early on. I, I thought the 49ers were going to roll. You know, Kittle looked good. Debo looked good. McCaffrey, they're running hard. Um, I thought the locomotive was going to continue. We go to halftime. It's 13-12. Purdy has thrown three interceptions, but the 49ers are down one. So my my logic of that was, unless they throw three interceptions next half, I mean, I, presumably the 49ers are going to pull away with this game. Um, and that might have happened. But the second half just started disastrously for the 49ers. Uh, the 49ers, they, they stalled on that, that second half open drive. So this is no, no disrespect to the Ravens. You know, the Ravens got that stop. The, the 49ers, um, you know, I think they only got one first down and they punted. And then the punt goes horrifically. The Ravens returner returns it to about midfield. There's an unnecessary roughness. Ravens push it up even 15 yards more than that. Lamar Jackson starting at like the 49ers 40. They punch that in for a touchdown. As a Seahawks fan, I'm pumped. Ravens, let's go, Ravens. And Purdy gets the ball, and that's the time for his fourth interception. Just a brutal one right to Patrick Queen. Purdy just stuck on his first reads and uh, and can't come off of them. A lot of people are, are, are shocked. That's the big headline right now. Brock Purdy, you know, he's been a lucky boy. Uh, you know, I don't think he necessarily had four horrific throws. I think he had three horrific throws, two of which were intercepted. Two others were slight misses. I mean, I am I am counting that one back across his body as 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 not one of the horrific throws. I could I could take some argument. There's a bad game for Purdy. Um but the only thing that's making it super surprising for people are the people who've been putting Purdy for MVP. No MVP candidate on Christmas the week of Christmas, has had a zero-touchdown, four-interception game. That is not, that's not history. That's you were wrong. You were wrong to have this guy in the MVP candidate. That's what that is. <laughs> Purdy goes out of the game with a stinger, but he needed to get out of the game. He was just stuck. And that's how you get Mr. Irrelevant to have this start to the career, right? Kyle Shanahan, and you know, I'm a Seahawks fan, so take this diss with a little bit of rivalry in it. Take this little bias, this little bit of salt from a Seahawks fan. You know, that's baked in here. I know it. But Kyle Shanahan has Purdy absolutely dialed in to destroy the Vic Fangio defense with, with his weapons, with McCaffrey, with Debo, with Kittle, with Ayuk. But once it's not a Fangio defense, like the Vikings they played earlier, Purdy really struggled in that game. And the Ravens this week, they're kind of not though. They're kind of offshoots. They're different types of defenses, and suddenly it's a little harder for Purdy because he system quarterback, game manager. Those are just horrific sayings to Brock Purdy supporters. You know, like when they hear those terms, they think we're saying like fraud, not fraud. I think these terms get so mixed up. I call Purdy a system quarterback, and I think he's running the system really well. He's not driving it, which is okay. Not everyone has to be Peyton Manning. Not everyone is Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. That's okay. That's different from game manager. Game manager to me, like, and this isn't, not everyone even agrees with this, but game manager to me is like, don't, 
don't even worry about offense. Just don't have a turnover, basically. That's, that, is a, that is a much more negative connotation than system quarterback. But we've kind of like molded these together. Because when Purdy does good, they're going to go, oh, everyone said he was a system quarterback. How about now? Yeah, this, he ran the system really well. That's okay, and that's good. He's not MVP. I'm talking a lot about the 49ers, but they, the Ravens, they deserve this. They, their defense took away the first read, first of all which hasn't been something that really any other teams have done against the 49ers. It's really hard when you have McCaffrey, Debo, Ayuk, and Kittle. And they also, you know, they controlled the ball. Lamar Jackson, he's now the favorite for MVP. He didn't really pass the eye test for me in this game. Um, and I, I, I'm i part of the Lamar me. You know, I try not to fangirl over Lamar Jackson too much. I've called him the MVP the last two years. And like week eight of both last two seasons, I've been calling for Lamar Jackson to be MVP again. This time, I, I feel like he's learning a new offense and he's playing different than he ever has before, which is awesome. And of course, he made the great run, which was a scramble, which is also different, to be honest. His MVP season, so much designed run. Um, but he missed a lot of throws. You know, they, they could have really, really pulled away with this game, but he, ah, he was fine. He was good. We're, we're, we're too, I'm too picky on, on quarterbacks right now. I do this with Dak. I do this with Tua. You know, the real interesting thing is the MVP consideration. And I think the, why this is so hard is because defenses are playing so bend, don't break. Just it's extreme. Bend, don't break from 10, 12 years ago. That used to be like, kind of like a, a novelty, like, boy, the defense is a bend, don't break. That's their philosophy. When they can't do when they can't do what they want to do, which is assert their will, they play bend, don't break. And boy, are they doing good at that secondary thing that you would want to do as a defense. You know, that's how it used to be. Now it's like investment, total off-season commitment to bend, don't break mastery. That's defense in 2023. And that makes it, a lot different for quarterbacks across the NFL. Like Drew Brees, I, I truly believe Drew Brees would be uh, struggling in, in this time. He'd be, still be good. He'd still be good. But we'd be talking about him like we talk about Dak, like we talk about Tour, like we talk about Hurts, because you're just driving little, little, little plays the whole way down, right? And Drew Brees, one of the efficiency kings of all time. But he's also bailed out sometimes by the defense over pursuit and an 80 yard drive that adds to the stats. Then you don't even need to be efficient on that drive because it was an 80 yard touchdown, period. It's gone. It's just in the stats. You're not getting those as much anymore. You know, and maybe this isn't this isn't even the quarterback's problem. This is our perception problem. We're looking for that extra 80 yards, that extra touchdown in there, and it's not there. And it's not there for, for these guys, for, for, for Tua, for Dak, for Lamar Jackson here. So uh, MVP, we got to talk about that with Kirk on Thursday. I don't know what the heck's going to happen. Dak was the favorite after week 14. Purdy was the favorite after week 15. Now Lamar Jackson's the favorite after week 16. We are in a wild west. Uh, actually, McCaffrey now above Purdy in MVP odds, which shows how finicky this has really been. So congrats to the Baltimore Ravens. Their defense... Amazing day. Roquan Smith, Kyle Hamilton, just all their defensive linemen, their coaching. Golly, I'm loving the Ravens this year. They still have to be the Dolphins. 
That's the thing. Ah, that's the thing. <laughs> the Dolphins game is still the important one, win or lose. 49ers, meanwhile, they got Eagles to contend with. They got the tiebreaker, but uh, things are going to still be still be mattering for that bye week going in to week 17 of the NFL. And that's fun. That's exciting. That's what the AWS schedule makers wanted. All right, Muckle Teo Football Show. This show is football, everything, NFL history, legacy, ups and downs of a season. We got shows Monday, Sunday, Thursday, though we're all over the place now. Uh, follow us on Apple, Spotify, subscribe, share, review, you know, do the things that you do. Um, we'll be here with Kirk on Thursday to, to really dive into week 17, and we're getting to the playoffs, which this show is about playoffs, the, 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 the love of legacy. I say the statement of this show all the time, but I'm going to say it, you know, here and, and as we get to the playoffs, the conversion from con- just chaos and blood and guts and muscle and bounces of a ball on the field on grass and just blood and mud and beer or high flying, crazy theatrics, the conversion from that into storybook, into legend, into legacy is what makes football special in the history. That's what I love. Um, so today, since I didn't have uh, you know, a week 16 show on Christmas Eve, I did have one to review the Saturday games. Go check that one out with Kirk. Uh, and we had dad on for some flag football talk as well, drafting during our Christmas party. Um, since we didn't do any of the other games, I'm just going to kind of pick and pick and go through here. Uh, we'll, we'll be back uh, Thursday to really talk about some of these things. So, um, yeah, mostly mostly just sticking with Christmas. Um, we had ham. Uh, no, sticking with the games on Christmas. Uh, well, we kind of two similar games. Chiefs and Eagles played the 10 a.m. and the 1 p.m. game. Um, the Chiefs, you know, they you're thinking that this is just going to be kind of warm up. The Chiefs are going to dominate their, you know, their lowly divisional rival, the Raiders, get back on track. Then the Eagles are going to dominate their lowly divisional rival, the Giants, and get back on track. And we, we can all get back to our ham. Um, we never had a bad ham. But both games, there were just like these, these moments that just, these one-two punches. For the Eagles, it happened. Or for the Chiefs, it happened. Both of them. The Chiefs was the fumble six, where Mahomes honestly looked, looked, confused with what what kind of play they're going they're getting a little too cute remember that came right after the the fake reverse pacheco touchdown get a little too cute raiders return the fumble kickoff and then the next play is a pick six jack jones that was 14 of the raiders points and they won 20 to 14 so that was the game right there because the chiefs offense could not get going they lost the eagles though had the same kind of thing and they they overcame it they had uh they were had a lead. They had one of their own players slam into their other player on a punt, and that led to a, a Giants touchdown, Saquon Barkley touchdown, and then a pick six, a Dory Jackson, and then all of a sudden the Giants were in that game, and where the Chiefs, you know, stalled and just could not do anything, the Eagles did have enough of a lead before that to to absorb it. But neither team is feeling great. I mean. We're now we're talking about the Eagles like they're fine and the Chiefs absolutely suck because we can only look back one week sometimes. But hey, both the Chiefs and the Eagles have lost three out of their last four. We should be talking about them about the same. 
that they they are not 2022 versions of themselves right now. They are not the Super Bowl 57 participant Eagles and Chiefs. And something for both teams needs to click in the playoffs or they are toast. Uh, just one one note on the Chiefs Raiders game. After that Jack Jones pick 6, he looked like he was going to get a give a kid the ball, a kid in Chiefs Chiefs gear and then he pulled it back, pretending to give them the ball. Nothing over the last 23 years has looked like Raiders football before that, baby. That's Raiders football. Pick off Mahomes, fake like you're going to give a football to a kid on Christmas Day, and pull it back. That's Raiders football, baby. <laughs> I loved it. Um, you know, we, we could talk more about Mahomes' troubles. We're going to have plenty of time because it seems like they're still going to make the playoffs with the Broncos loss on a, on Saturday, so they'll be just fine. Uh, and the Eagles, of course, they're, they're also – I mean, we got Matt Patricia. Does he have a like a rich uncle in at like network television or something like that? Like Matt Patricia is getting the absolute glow up on media because he's managing to put some better numbers together against Drew Locke and Tommy DeVito than the previous defense coordinator, who's like still the defense coordinator – in title only, it's like corporate America, man. And now, perhaps there's like a senior defensive uh, coordinator and play caller. It's like what we used to just call that defense coordinator, but you can't because you're, you know, trying to save a severance package or something. I don't know. But why is Matt Patricia getting such a glow up on TV? It's just bizarre to me. And the and Sirianni too. He's getting he's getting a little little annoying. I praised him in 2021 when the Eagles fans chanted, run the ball, run the ball, which they're not just talking about handing it off. They're talking about stop getting cute. Use your offensive line that is elite. They're not just talking about hand it off three times in a row. Maybe some Eagles fans are, but not the smart ones. They were right in 2021. Sirianni listened and he admitted that he listened. He's like, yeah, we got a great offensive line. We got a great running quarterback. We should kind of lean into that. And they they turned it around that second half of that 2021 season, got into the playoffs. That momentum carried them into an amazing 2022. Now, they did start doing a little bit of that. But now six, Nick Sirianni's at the podium like saying, like, no, the, that's pure coincidence that the fans were chanting like that. Like, he can't, I can't give anyone any credit for anything. Even Jalen Hurts is like, you know, it's not supposed to be loud when we're on offense. It's like, dude, you're playing Philly, man. Um, some Christmas leave highlights. Uh, so let's Christmas day was great. Christmas Eve. Let's go back one more day. We got dolphins, uh, Ravens next week. We got Cowboys lions next week. So we're going to talk a lot about the ramifications of week 16's dolphins, Cowboys game. Uh, but just real quickly, I thought both teams showed up. Well, I thought they both had a mental toughness that we tend to criticize both teams for not having Dak let a drive at the end. I mean, it's not his fault. The fullback fumbled at the, at the one yard line earlier. The Cowboys should have had this game wrapped up, but they didn't. They put it in the hands of Dak Prescott and he pulled some Herculean plays to get them ahead by one with three minutes to go. It, It was impressive. If they had won, that's what we'd be talking about. Dak would be an MVP favorite right now, but the dolphins drove back kicked the field goal calmly, and won it. And that was a Mike McDaniel masterpiece. I know, we're supposed to say Tua Tungvaloa did it, but 
fact. How can you watch that game and, and put give the credit to Tua? How can you watch it and give the credit to Tua? Whoever he's hitting are wide open. And the gravity of Tyreek Hill is being used, wielded like an infinity stone. And Mike McDaniel is Thanos with the gauntlet. His ability to wield the gravity of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle before he got poked in the eye and Raheem Mostert before he got a little banged up is amazing. This was a Mike McDaniel game, and it was amazing. I can't wait to talk about their matchup with the, with the Ravens, which essentially is a one-seed battle, uh, though even if the Dolphins win, they would still need the Ravens to lose next week. So it's kind of, you know, Ravens kind of have it, but um, actually, I know, I don't know. Maybe the Dolphins, something still needs to happen in week 18. We'll get into that a little bit more uh, going forward. Um, other headlines, the Seahawks scraped together another win over in the last little bit there uh, over the Titans, an ugly mess of a game. Just like we talked about on Monday Night Football against the Eagles. Then all of a sudden it's time to go win the game and the Seahawks do. <laughs> I don't know how it works. I don't know how it works. It's Pete Carroll football, baby. And we Seahawks fans continue to say, to what end? Why are we doing this? What are we fighting for, Sam? To quote Frodo in Lord of the Rings. Um, Panthers showed some fight against the Packers. That was pretty good. Uh, Bryce Young getting a lot of lot of praise for that. He He looked okay. I think we're kind of given, we've never been as easy on a number one overall pick uh, than this, where we're basically saying like, Bryce Young, congratulations, you didn't lose a game bitterly, so you must be good. It's week 16. Um, I'm worried about the Packers there. I mean, they're on the outside now. It has their defense fallen off an absolute cliff because they won that game only because Bryce Young didn't have time to spike the ball. Um which people are blaming Adam Thielen for that because he was kind of holding onto the ball. <clears throat> I feel like he was he was holding the ball because he could sense the defender was going to try to punch it out. And so he's trying to hold the ball till the ref got co- close enough. I, In retrospect, now you think just hand the ball to the ref. If the defender punches it out, you know, let them get a delay a game penalty. Though They might not get that penalty, right? So it was all in the moment. I don't blame Adam Thielen that much for that. And they spiked in. It was at the clock was zero. It could have kicked a field goal and, and send it to overtime. But anyway, what I was worried about is the Packers defense because well, they, they just allowed Tommy DeVito to just drive down the field and win it for them on Monday Night Football Week 14. They allowed a perfect passer rating to Baker Mayfield in Week 15 in Lambeau Field. Like, let's not forget that. And now they, they're the one team to make Bryce Young look okay? Have they fallen off a cliff? Oh, what else happened in week 16? Uh, Oh, Patriots-Broncos, the holiday classic. We're just touching the bases, touching the bases. Uh, NFL Network, Saturday, Sunday night holiday classic. I was in a bit of a whiskey and eggnog haze at that point. Um, It's happy to see the game be good. Another big uh, swing in that game. Isn't it kind of interesting that kind of a theme of week 16 was these big like 14 point punches from from teams. The Raiders did it to the Chiefs with those two back-to-back plays. The Giants did it to the Eagles with their their punt um their punt fumble recovery and then the pick six. The Ravens did it to the 49ers to start the second half. All these things are like to start the second half. The Patriots did this. What start of the second half 14 punch thumps <clears throat> from the Raiders, Giants, Ravens, 
and Patriots and the final four games of week 16. That's a weird, that's a, what a weird little trend. Lightning fast 14 points to start the second half for some reason. Oh, wait. Ah, Raiders Chiefs. That was second quarter, wasn't it? Anyway, it's not perfect, but it did happen a few times. Notable. Uh, Broncos did scrape back into it. Russell Wilson got two touchdowns. There's going to be. They tied the game at 23-23. You would think that meant Russell Wilson went full past Russell mode. 2017-2018 Russell Wilson. But he didn't. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, when you're watching the game, I don't know. He didn't look any good at any point, really. Threw the bomb to Mims. That's, that's a good play, but you're really relying on a you know punt returner to come down with that ball, and I don't, really don't think he did. I just think there wasn't enough to overturn it. It's going to be such a disconnect in the future between Russell Wilson's 26 touchdowns and eight interceptions or whatever he gets to and what we who live through 2023 know Russell Wilson is doing right now. It was kind of kind of ugly anyway to end the game. It was fun, though. Tied 23-23, three minutes left in the game. Zappy goes three and out. Russell Wilson goes three and out. The marker is, you know, back on Zappy. Hits Devontae Parker, the big sideline play, and the Pats kicker nails a 50-plus yarder to win. As Packers, or Patriots fans, scream, no! <laughs> because this really puts a dent in the Patriots getting that first or second pick. Um, and they care about that because they're spoiled. And they're just waiting for their next Tom Brady. Hate to tell you this, Patriots fans. Even if you do get the number one pick and get Caleb Williams, you might just be destined, like most of the other teams, to never have a another legendary quarterback for your whole life. That's how the NFL works. Sorry. <laughs> they're just they're just so impatient for the next Brady. Like they grew up spoiled. Uh, what's else? Let's see. Last little thing. Okay. I'm going to, oh, Browns took care of the Texans. Case Keenum's done. Texans are banged up, licking their wounds after they went and played a team in the cold and just got reminded of what the NFL actually is. Sorry, Texans. We'll, we'll see you next year. Um, I guess I still have a chance. The Browns though, sitting at 10 and five, Joe Flacco storyline taking a huge hit or taking a huge jump. How many Christmases involved somebody saying it's Joe Flacco elite bringing out that old chestnut. But the story was Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper, 11 catches for 265 yards and two touchdowns as the Browns blew out the Texans in a critical AFC wildcard, you know, tilt. Browns pretty much have it set up. Flacco just kept finding Cooper. And, and I'm sure for fantasy football, there, I'm sure there's some crazy stories out there. It's, you know, somebody who went against George Pickens on Saturday night and had Amari Cooper the next day to kind of to beat that. Pickens had 195 and two. Well, yeah, Cooper had 265 and two. But it was a pretty, yeah. I mean, Cooper, this has got to be one of the, one of the all-time fantasy playoff performances. I mean, we always have one. 
I do hate anybody saying like, oh, he's this is the best in history. It's like you're only saying that because you can't remember all of history right now, which is okay. You know, you don't have to have all of history in your head, but just you know, know that you're 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 talking in recency bias. I mean, Mike Evans had 207 yards and three touchdowns last year in Week 17 in the fantasy playoffs. Jamar Chase the year before had to, like what that two two sixty six one more yard one more touchdown as well against the Chiefs that was crazy that was his rookie year and then I mean who how can anyone forget twenty twenty Christmas Day when Alvin Kamara with one red shoe and one green shoe scored six touchdowns it should have been seven Sean Payton you Scrooge um but yeah really it was fun to see Amari Cooper. Honestly, do it again, because he did this. He did this a couple times with the Cowboys at big two hundred yard receiving games. Uh, he had one with the Raiders. This is his fourth time over two hundred yards. Remember that game he had, like his eighth or seventh or eighth game with the Cowboys, and he they were playing the Eagles. I think it was like twenty eighteen. Cooper had like two hundred seventeen yards, three touchdowns, including the final one, the overtime win. And I would think that was also in the fantasy playoffs. So Amari Cooper. Knows what he's doing this time of year. All right. We'll be back Thursday. Going to be fun to talk all the different things that can happen in a great slate of games for week 17. We'll be right back. We will be back. My name is Miles. Good night.